When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wondering what's next in your business or personal life? Welcome to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings, a podcast dedicated to helping you with all of life's challenges, discoveries, and opportunities. Whether you're seeking a new career, retirement, or simply wanting to make an impact in your community or the world, join Jen Duplessis and her guests as they explore how to start, what to do when you're in the thick of a change or growth, and how to leave a mark in this world after breaking through your next achievement. You are moments away from the aha you've been seeking. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Success to Significance Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings. I'm your host, Jen Duplessis, and we have a very special guest with us today, Natalie Susie. And I want to introduce her to you today. She has more than 13 years of experience as a teacher, a speaker, an entrepreneur, and a mentor. And currently, she's a four-year UCSD professor focusing on, this is going to be the best part, communications and the pursuit of happiness. As an entrepreneur, she founded and grew Bear Organic Mixers Beverage Company for eight years, resulting in an acquisition in 2014. So welcome to the show, Natalie. Glad to have you. I I really messed that up, didn't I? You're perfect. (laughs) All perfect. Thank you for having me. I feel so blessed to be here. It's Yeah, thank you. You know, it's so funny. I've been on or have interviewed over 500, been on over 500 podcasts, right? You know, either that. And I just was tongue-tied for a moment there. (laughs) And it happens and I don't like editing because I like it to be real. So if this is your first time joining us, welcome to our podcast. And thank you again for spending time with us here today. So Natalie, one of the things that I want to talk about, so just real quickly too, is that your corporate coach and a consultant as well for individuals and your company is Conscious Conversations. And that's really what we want to talk about. And gosh, the timing is so perfect. You know, we're recording this on May 4th and the timing's perfect because at least where I'm at, you might be released in San Diego, but we're not released yet here in Northern Virginia. In fact, we're going to be confined until June 10th. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. I so. Yeah. So, you know, it's really, really important that we are communicating and, you know, helping helping all of those people around us. But also, this is the time where people are now taking a step back and saying, am I going to be an entrepreneur? Is this the sign I needed to take that leap to move into that new venture that I was thinking about? And so there's a lot of moving pieces, I believe, in everyone's you know, emotional state right now. And I, I imagine you'd probably agree with that as well. Yep. So there's some things that I want to talk about, and there's two of them. The first is about being unhappy in their life, right? Because this is where it's saying, oh gosh, I didn't know I was this unhappy or maybe I feel unhappy because I'm now at home working. We can talk about that as well, but I'm at home working. But I think for me, it's been, I always say this, you have to slow down to speed up instead of speeding up to slow down. And I think what's happened is everyone has had to slow down and now it's got their heads racing about what do I do? What do I do now? So if someone's in that unhappiness now, 
What are some strategies that you are, some thoughts on it? Why don't we talk about thoughts and not about strategies, but some things that, that you could advise for people to start thinking about? I love that. That's beautiful question or consideration. So the first thing that I'd like to add around this sort of moment in time that we're in is, you know, we all sort of know, accept, and believe on some level that what I call is a ditch moment. So our individual ditch moments, those deep, dark, challenging moments where you feel like you're in a ditch and you don't know how far down you are, how in the heck you're going to get out of them. And life is sort of about a process of putting, putting a process in place to get out of these ditch moments. And we all sort of know, accept, and believe that those moments lead us to our greater selves, right? We all on some level are like, yeah, I get it that the, we, we buy into this idea that the darkness leads to the light and that these hard moments that we become heroes of these stories that we were once victims of. And we say these things like, you know, if this thing would have never happened or this crappy situation, relationship, whatever would have never happened, I wouldn't be where I am right now, yeah. right? We become yep. heroes of the story. And so I've I like to, this is a mindset shift that I've been using for the last couple of weeks. It's just like, what if this was just a collective ditch moment, right? right? What if we're just all in having our own individual ditch moments collectively, which is kind of beautiful in some ways, and we're all going to level up and step into a, a lighter, brighter, more evolved versions of ourselves, which, you know, some people want to push back and say, well, you know, that's great, but I'm unemployed and I've got kids at home and I can't buy food and I totally hear that, right? So this is a mindset shift that you can use to move yourself for a second, maybe, and build onto that for a little longer the next day. So that's sort of the first step of the unhappiness in this, in this piece. Is rec um, yeah, the recognition of it. Yeah, because I think what happens is we get, when we're in a ditch moment, as you're saying, we don't think about the heroes story. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Where it's too, it hurts too much, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so yeah. that's what I've been saying, sitting in this corner, you know, I've been in this corner now for eight weeks, which has become <laughs> my office space. Right. And that's the thing I say to myself, I say, okay, right. this is a collective ditch moment. It's going to lead to a collective ascension moment. And why is that? Well, that's because this is just a moment in time and we live in a universe that that's run by the law of duality. And the law of duality states that love and fear and high and low and rich and poor are two sides of the same coin and that what goes up must come down. And yeah. the only constant is change. And so there's, there's sort of no way around it. That is what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's pretty interesting. So, you know, the, can we talk about the five steps yeah, of conscious reflection and manifest manifestation that you're talking about? Because I think people need some really hardcore what do I do specifically and not just a philosophical piece of yep. this is, yeah, okay, I'm in a ditch. I'll be out. Yep. How do we get ourselves? <laughs> how do we get ourselves out for those that are in there? And by the way, I just want to say, you know, by the time we release this podcast, we may be on the other side of this to a certain extent, right? Yep. But we all have ditches. We all have our own economic downturns, our own challenges all the time. And so what Natalie is going to be sharing with us is something that we can execute on and implement all the time. Mm -hmm. So I want to make sure that we don't have people just thinking this is, you know, part of a pandemic. Sure. Yeah. I love that you said that because this content and these steps and these things I've created, I've created, you know, over the course of the last five years when we had no idea what COVID was. Right. Right. <laughs> it wasn't even a part of our existence. Right. So I have a program called Creating a Conscious Culture and I help corporate 
culture and people one-on-one, and I do this with my students as well, right? So this content I teach in the corporate space, in the academic space, and in the one-on-one space. And there's two pieces of this program. So there's the five steps to conscious reflection, which is a manifesting and intention setting process. And then there's the six steps to conscious communication, which basically gives people a really simple framework that they can use 24-7 in any communication situation with anyone in any area of their life. And I know we've talked about both. So what would you love for me to start with? Where would you love for yeah, me I to wanna, start? Yeah, I want to start with the emotional perception first and then move into the actual communication because I want to talk to you about something a little different in that avenue. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So inside of the manifesting process and the intention setting process, and in business, we talk a lot about goal setting, right? So we say, mm-hmm. I really want to get to this goal. I want to hit this number. And that's all beautiful. And that's a part of it. But what you really have to do before you get to these goals and these numbers is understand what's the intention behind this, right? Because happiness doesn't come from success. Happiness actually does not come from reaching the goal. And I'll tell you why. And this is what, you know, I teach a class called the pursuit of happiness. It's a communications course. So the foundation of the course is the six steps to happiness or six steps to communication. And the theme of the course is uh, pursuit of happiness. And so what we teach inside of that class is that If you are looking, and this is going to sound airy, fairy, woo-woo, but I'll tell you why it's not. So we have to find happiness from the inside out. The reason, the real practical reason why we find happiness from the inside out is because humans habituate to whatever situation they're in. So if you're saying, hey, I'm going to be happy when, which we've all done, including myself, I'm going to feel really happy when I make X amount of dollars. When you make X amount of dollars, which is an external reality. It's not inside yourself. It's something external. You habituate because you are a human and that is human nature. So you get there and you go, great. What's next? Yeah. Never, ever happy. Yeah. (laughs) You never experience the moment of happiness. Right. This is why Olympians, when they win the medal are not happy and they're depressed and they have go through all that of that emotional turmoil. Yeah. Right. So the reason why it's so important to go, okay, I understand, I'm going to know, accept, and believe that humans, we all abide by this thing where we just habituate, right? We just get used to the circumstance. So cool. I got that. I can, I can get that. So then let me now go to the next layer of like, what makes me internally happy, right? What mm-hmm. makes me internally happy? Mm-hmm. Um, and yep. part of that is really understanding the intention, not the goal towards success, but the actual feeling and the vibration that you want to experience. So it is all in the feeling of it. Does this make Mm -hmm. sense? Oh yeah, it totally does. This is what I coach on. (laughs) (laughs) Just, I use different words, but this is exactly what I coach on. Yeah. The same kind of thing, concept. Yeah. Awesome. Right. Totally get it. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're coming from that feeling and that intention, Mm -hmm. then the next layer is, so so the first question is like, it's a five-step process, right? So I don't want to bore you guys and say, here's step by step by step, but I'll give you the essence of it, right? So the first piece is like, what is the intention behind this experience that I want to have? What is the feeling in the experience that I want to have? And how do I come from that? And this is a guiding question I have all my life, all day long, is how do I come to this situation in any given moment from a place of fear instead of love? Or sorry, so <laughs> love instead of fear. We're all getting mixed up in our words today. Love instead of fear. Right, <laughs> right. right. Love, I know what you meant. Yeah. Big, big difference here. So yeah. coming from a place of love instead of fear or in the corporate space, I might say something like coming from a place of appreciation or coming from a place of peace instead of chaos, you know, these kinds of terms, right. the corporation that you're, you're inside of. Right. So what does that look like? So step one is really assessing what I do with clients. I say, okay, 
let's assess all seven areas of the wellness wheel. So your mental, yep. physical, spiritual, emotional, social, mm-hmm. occupational, all the stuff you, you know, the seven, yep. seven wellness wheels, seven areas of the wellness wheel. Let's assess that. What, give yourself a grade in each of those areas. And then which of those areas, you know, we'll go through each of those areas, but like, which one do you want to start with? So people right. come to me and they're like, oh, you know, generally people that come to me want to start with something in their relationship space or something in their, in their social, social or occupational is, is generally where people come to me in this moment of time. So we're assessing uh, the seven areas of the wellness wheel. We're giving ourselves a grade in each of those areas. We're picking which area we want to start with now. And then we're assessing the right. feeling, right? What is right. the intention? So I have people visualize, you know, from a sensical perspective, what does this area look like? So if, you want, if you're looking for the perfect relationship, what does it look like and sound like and feel like and taste like and smell like and all these senses around it? Yeah. Yep. I have them visualize, go through that whole process of visualization. And then I have a certain set of sentences and formulas that I have them fill out. For, fill in from there, which I'm happy to share whatever feels good to you. Um, I don't want to get too technical or too, yeah. or too <laughs> strategic here, yeah. but that's where it starts. That's the intention. No, and I, and I totally agree with that, you know, and so I'm going to paraphrase it too, if someone, because you said, do I understand it? And of course I do because I coach on this, but for someone listening, they might go on, I, I don't really understand. You know, I think for me where this comes in is that, you know, cause I don't want to go down a deep hole in this about me. This is about you today. But it is, you know, what truly, truly fulfills you in life and how do you get more of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, but it takes time to sit back and say what you truly want in life because people are just not very clear about that, you know, and it could be as small as watching ants carry food mm-hmm. because that's something you love to do all the way to some kind of success that you have in your, in your career. Right. But the idea is what fulfills you so that we can get very clear on that so that you can get more of it. And that therefore leads to intention in everything that you do, because it's serving the opportunity to be able to get more of what you are fulfilled with. I love that. That's beautiful. And this is what I tell my students. I say, you know, cause I have a lot of these really beautiful students that are super motivated, super driven, and they have these dreams of what success and they have that connection between success and happiness when they come in. Cause many yeah. of us do. Right. And I say to them, I get that you have these visions, like you thought you were going to do this particular job forever, you know, and that's what you're here for. But do you really want to do that? Like, is that on online with your mission and your purpose and you know, what I call the term I use in my world is a light worker. Like are, if you're a light worker, if you're a purpose-driven person on this planet, which everybody listening to this is, you are raising consciousness with your work. You are a light worker. Whether you resonate yeah. with that term or not, it's all good. Call it whatever you want, but that's what you're doing on the planet. So every sort of question, experience, decision that you make, filter it through that. Like, is it on mission? Is it going to fill me up? Is it going to satisfy me in the way that you're saying? I love that. Yeah, it's actually, yeah. And, and, you know, the whole purpose of this particular podcast is, you know, that we're moving, some people are moving from success to significance. Others are trying to be more significant, but, you know, we're all breaking through these glass ceilings all the time. And this is just another breakthrough opportunity to, you know, say what really, really makes me happy. So as you're, if you're sitting home and, you know, and you're, and you're just unhappy in your career, or you're unhappy in something, it, it really boils down to taking a few minutes of time to really assess what, truly is going to fulfill you. So, you know, and so hopefully that's going to be helpful. And I know that you're giving a gift of helping people walk through some of this process. But when we go into the conscious communication part of it, and we're talking about, you know, the the communication, I think this 
is something that's really important right now because if someone is listening, and I have three different types of people that listen, people that are thinking about breaking through a glass ceiling or hitting that glass ceiling, or those that are in the midst of doing it and those who have already broken through, right? Mm -hmm. So we kind of want to speak to all of them, you know, yeah. in this relationship with people, right? Yes. And the, the form of communication because each person is going through a different point in their lives where they might need to up-level their communication skills. So let's talk about what's important to you in that particular arena. Yeah, I love that. So, okay, the, the first thing that I'll say is we are all walking, talking communication billboards 24-7, right? I mean, unless you're in a wall with four white walls and no phone, you're communicating to people mm -hmm. who you are, what you believe in, what you want them to believe in about you, what you're selling in a totally authentic way. I don't mean that in like you're always pitching right. things. We're doing this all the time. So the six step process was created to give people a framework that's super easy that they can run through and consciously use to navigate something that they're doing 24 seven already anyway. And so I'll just kind of run through the steps with you guys. So it's yeah. super practical and you can really utilize it. So the first step of a conscious of, of navigating a conscious conversation and the whole purpose of conscious conversations is to create authentic, genuine, win-win connections with everybody. Okay. All the time in all areas of your life. So if you want to, if you're listening to this podcast, you're like, how am I going to utilize this? I would encourage you when I do these kind of speaking things, I always say to people like pick one person or one situation where you're like, God, if that would have went differently, my life would look different. Or it kind of always gives you that like crunchy, like stressed out, like you punch yeah. in on yourself when you think about this person, yeah. this communication with a particular person or that, that situation that just haunts you, or maybe you have regrets around it where you could have, would have, should have done something differently. Yes. Like as you're, <laughs> Right? We all have those. Right? I have it. I already have it. I you have do? it from like 25 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> right? And it kind of haunts you, right? Oh, it is. It's following me. It's like a little ball and chain. Yeah. Well, you know, if you want to share it, I'm here to open. I don't know how public you want to be about it, but it's, <laughs> I always tell people, like, just think about it, write it down so you can really get into the feeling around it. So you can really feel how this might help you. So of course, I always like to say too, that, you know, we all teach best what we most need to learn. So the reason yes. I'm healthily obsessed with this content and the reason I teach it and I'm so passionate about getting it out into the world is because I struggle with it and I struggled with it. And I get, I'm very pained by situations that feel like communication's been off, right? Like we all are and to some degree. And so anyway, step one is, so the first three steps, it's a six step process. And the first three steps is where you assess the information. And then the last three steps is where you make decisions. And so pick that person, yes. pick that situation, have it in your mind. And I want you to consider that if you were in that situation again, step one would just be going, uh, asking yourself the question, what is my message, mission, or goal here? Okay. Yeah. What is my message, mission, or goal here? And to understand that too, you want to remember that we all look at life through our own life lens, which I'm sure you talk a ton about with your, with your people, but you want to really get that we all come to the table with our own life lens. It's like a permanent set of glasses that we wear. And they are colored for our particular life, right? Yeah. We yep. all come to the table with our own set of experiences based on our family, our past experiences, our DNA and our genes and all of those things, right? Again, I'm sure you teach this stuff all the time, right? So that's like where our <laughs> triggers lie. No, it's all good. No, no, it's all good. It's all good. So yeah. first step is just assessing like, what's my message here? What's my goal? What's my mission? Step 
is saying, okay, cool. I got what mine is. What is theirs? If I put myself in their shoes Mm -hmm. or I put on their set of life lenses, what's their message, mission, or goal? Right. Step two is where I love to play. It's where I love to talk. Step two has three different pieces to it. Just to be very simple here, we want to assess when we're looking at someone else's life lens, how do they learn best? How do they feel most loved and appreciated? And how do they feel most triggered? Okay. This is the kind of stuff that if you're in, if I'm working with you in corporate or one-on-one, I can help you navigate all this what, stuff. What kind of trigger are you talking about? A positive or a negative trigger? Negative. I mean, are you yeah. triggered to do something good or it triggers you to break down communication? Yeah, no. What is, what is going to trigger this person to go from zero to 10 right in front of my eyes? And I have no idea how it happened. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <What> is, <laughs> right. right? Because triggers, when yeah. someone gets triggered, triggers the root of all the miscommunication and the communication getting wonky. Oh, yes. Someone yeah. got triggered and now they can't communicate or they halt communication or they're angry in their communication. Basically, they're coming from a place of fear instead of love now because you've triggered a core wound, an inner wound, something that's caused them to go from zero to 10. They're unconsciously reacting to you instead of proactively being engaged with you. It's where everything gets messy, isn't it? It's interesting that you say that because my tendency is when I get triggered, my tendency is to go negative, Not, not, not in the conversation. I'm talking about instead of going to from zero to 10, I'll go from zero to negative 10. I'll clam up. I see. Right. I shut down. Yeah. I shut down probably because of a fear issue. You know, I don't like confrontation. So I just rather shut down my husband who's Italian and I'm German. So I'm like that slow roller coaster, like it takes forever to get to the top. Yeah. It does. Ooh, watch out. Right. But my husband is Italian. So he's just constantly trigger, 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 trigger. So it's pretty funny. Because sometimes, it, and we've been married for 37 years, but it sometimes it's funny because, you know, if there's a trigger moment, you know, he'll go wildly 10 and I'll go wildly negative 10. And then we don't talk for a couple of days. Yep. <laughs> right. So my dad, I'm Italian as well. And my dad is right off the boat and this is what would happen to us too. So we would, you know, like clash, kind of clash and then pull back and not, yeah, it's very similar. So Italians are very expressive, very emotive, oh, yeah. passionate. <laughs> yeah. 37 years. God, I got to have you on conscious conversations where I do interviews and have you talk about how you've been in a marriage for 37 years and what that's about. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah it's Beautiful crazy. on you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I love that story. Yeah. Okay. So you go, you go negative 10. I like that framework around it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you were saying, so that was step two. So step okay. three then is, yeah, and we'll all go through all of them, but step three Yes. Step three is assessing context and setting. And I always use dating as an example because this is, you know, fun for, it it tends to be fun for people to think about this way. So context and setting, this is how important context and setting affects affects everything is like, consider what it looks like to go on a hiking date versus a cocktail date versus a dinner date versus a coffee date. Yeah. Okay. Each of those contexts and settings require different conversation, different clothes. They indicate different levels of commitment in your time and your money, right? So yeah, and they happen at different times of day, which is an energy thing. That's right. Yeah. So assessing my message, assessing their message, and assessing the context and setting gives you sort of the information you need to start making decisions around how you communicate inside of a communication situation. Yeah. I yeah. love that. That's a great assessment. I'm thinking about, you know, I, I mean, going back to the one that I said 25, 30 years ago, I didn't know the person well enough to know. Mm-hmm. So 
I can't really assess that one, but boy, I can assess, you know, lots and lots of communication with family members and, you know, coworkers and things like that, where, you know, you have your own agenda, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Number and, one, you're clear about number one. Yeah. Oh yeah. I had my own agenda. Um, so tell us about that and how we would maneuver that in the workspace. Yeah. It's a great question. So maneuvering that It comes back to step two and understanding people's triggers and how they feel most appreciated. So it's all about energy, right? I was just talking to one of my clients about this. She was having trouble with her her boss. She just started a new job and she's an entrepreneur by, by heart and it's challenging for her to be inside of a corporate space. So she had energy. She had kind of negative, heavy energy around it. She was feeling like her freedom was being a little taken away. And so that energy was sort of being expressed unconsciously and probably consciously too, knowing like probably in her body language as well. Yeah. totally. And so she was short with them. She was kind of snappy, like these kinds of things that didn't really make anybody feel warm and fuzzy or want to be around her. So the simple fix just to get really like sort of basic here is people want people around that make them feel good. So how do you come from a place of love or appreciation? How do you Mm -hmm. find something to appreciate inside of this communication situation with this person, even if it's a very tiny thing, and build from there and keep the energy around making that person feel valued, seen, heard, and not triggered, right? Yeah. One of the things I want to ask you about as it relates to that is I was thinking about that person, right? Saying, gosh, it's a new job and she's kind of snippy and whatever, and it's not her normal personality, but all these you know, feelings are coming out. How is she going to be able to fix that first impression? You know, and I think that's really important too, you know, for people that are looking to make a transition in their lives, you know, how do we fix that first impression or that tattoo that's left on someone's mind about who you are? That's a great question. Thank you for asking that. I I think really to get underneath that or or to work around that is that you want to get really in a space of authenticity. And I I know that word gets overused, but I don't really believe it. I do use it all the time because I really believe in that term. And I think coming from a place of appreciation, finding that little thing to build from inside of a communication situation And even if it's gone off the rails and even if it's gotten kind of wonky or you've made a poor first impression, coming back into the space from a different energy, a different mindset, finding appreciation and giving that energy out changes things because people don't want to dislike you, generally speaking. Like human nature is not to disconnect, it's to be connected, right? So coming back to that natural, like what is the state of a human naturally is that they want to feel good. They want to feel appreciated. They want to feel connected. So how do I, in the most efficient and effective way, make this person feel connected to me and make this person feel like they are seen? Yeah. A colleague of mine, Kirsten O'Shield, she's a body language strategist and, and she talks about that as well, you know, talking about the fact that, you know, we are all, it's all about, are you a mate or not a mate for me? Mm. You know, subconsciously, that's what everything is. Am I attracted to you or am I not attracted to you? Right. And whether it's not even just the sexual piece of this, it's just the, it's the law of attraction between humans. Right. And so the very first impression is, am I attracted to you or am I not attracted to you? And the way that you communicate either push or pulls me in that direction of attraction. That's beautifully stated. And so simple, right? Like this stuff doesn't actually have to be complicated. (laughs) 
you know, and, and that's why I try to like this framework, like it's been taught in rhetoric and writing classes for 12 years. I've been teaching this stuff for 12 years, but my students, my clients get confused about it. So I said, let me just put a really simple framework around it. And these questions you can ask yourself so everyone can utilize it. Cause just, just consider how much our consciousness, our collective consciousness would look different if we knew how to communicate. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's what's happening right now, right? In COVID. Yes. Yes. And COVID is a challenging thing for so many reasons, but in the communication space, it's like everybody, when we come back to that cave person uh, mentality, like who are we at the core, right? We've talked about this a couple of times on this call, like who are we at the core? Well, the core we run, we get in fight or flight mode when our survival is in, is in question and our survival is in question every day right now. We have uncertainty. We have a loss of power, uncertainty around our finances and our health and everybody's experiencing it at the same time. So everyone's getting triggered at the same time. And we're all navigating these like sort of landmines all the time. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And Um, I feel so bad for people who have kids at home too, including my, my son who has three, you know, he, they have three grandkids. I mean, they have three children, my three grandkids. And you know, I just feel so bad because there's no release, you know, and he, and they work for home from home all the time anyway, but they get a release to go someplace and, you know, um, go to the YMCA, which is really funny because he's a multimillionaire and they still go to the YMCA. I love that. That's beautiful. But he could, they go to the YMCA and the kids, you know, swim and they do all this kind of stuff that they have absolutely no outlet right now. And I feel so bad for them because my conversations with him are just, he gets very short, very quick. Of course. Yeah, I I get that. And I think the other thing, I I hope that this is happening for some people, but I really get how it's not possible or people don't think it's possible. It's not part of their daily practice, but really just like getting into a space like a, like just where you take a couple deep breaths. Yeah. Breath is life. And I know that people that are listening to this who are in a crappy mood, like I have clients that look at me like I'm crazy, even though they've been working with me for two years when in this moment of time where they're, and I'm like, I need you to just breathe. So like, Let's just stop and breathe for a second. They're like, I don't have time. Like, I don't have time to breathe. And I get that. It shifts your energy. And the reason why that is, is because, you know, we have an energetic bubble around us. We have, a, it's called, some people call it a biofield. Some people call it an aura. It's scientifically proven now. It's not just some spiritual woo-woo stuff. And when you are stressed, your field is like wonky. It's in, it's called incoherent. And people can yeah. feel that. It's how people say like, oh, that person's in a bad mood. I'm not going to go there. Right. Right. So breathing calms the, it, it creates um, coherency in the body and the mind and your heart and your spirit. So this is a scientifically proven, like I can give you 10 different facts around this stuff. It is not just spiritual. And you know, it is funny because I know a lot of people don't breathe and I used to not breathe. I do. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it really is a funny thing because people are like, well, I'm breathing because I'm not dead. Right. But no, you have to actually consciously take breaths. And I, it actually was from my chiropractor. He said, one of the reasons that your neck hurts so much is because you're not breathing. You're not getting good things in your, and so what does that do? It exasperates the fact that I'm in pain. And then how do I communicate? Yep. Right. It just, it just rolls into you know, so many layers of that. What are some words, if someone's listening, okay, that they can tell themselves or that they could help, you know, their partner or someone in the office, you know, to come down off of the cliff, (laughs) right? Come down. But also, you know, in in what you were saying about the ore being off, you know, and and crazy, because people do run a hundred miles an hour now. What are some trigger words that would slow people down enough to realize and not be offensive so that we can help people? And ourselves. That's a beautiful question. So, and I, it's funny because I was just thinking like, what are some sentences that I give people so that it's super easy for listeners? So one of the first things is to 
again, okay, so basically what you're saying is let's move back to step two. Let's assess, right? Let's assess how they feel most valued and appreciated, how they feel most seen and heard, how they learn best, and how are they triggered. So if someone is in front of you and you're watching them go from zero to 10 or zero to negative 10, like you say. Flipping out. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, they're spinning out. Their R is getting wonky. Their communication is getting sideways. You want to take a deep breath because people also match and mirror that kind of stuff unconsciously, right? Mm -hmm. So you want to start behaving the way that you're hoping this person starts behaving. Right. So what you want to avoid doing, and this is a, this is a tactic I use when I'm in a challenging situation is I envision them as a child because what they are struggling with and spinning out on was created between zero and eight. Yes. Adult habit, pattern, and behavior that was yeah. created as a child. And yeah. they're in fight or flight mode for some reason. They're coming from a fear-based state. That's why they're wonky. And you want to go, this person is scared. So you want to think in your head, this person is scared. And you want to imagine them as a child because it helps you find compassion. Yeah. It helps you find understanding and compassion. So you just go like that. This person's coming from a place of fear. This is not about me. How do I look at them from a compassionate place? And you imagine their inner child. I know this sounds like probably crazy, but it really works. No, it totally, it makes sense. You know why it makes sense? My Italian husband, you know, in the, he's in the mortgage business, which I was in for 35 years. He's still in the mortgage business and he flips out over, I mean, he's Italian. That's one. Yeah. <laughs> one mark against him. Right? Yeah. But he gets so upset with people who don't do their job. And that's the, that's the word he uses all the time. I just wish people would do their job. I, I wish they, I could rely on them to yep. do their job. Instead, I have to step in. And I know that his story, you know, his hero's journey story, you know, when you go way back is his dad was in, had three tours of Vietnam and his mother was running around while he was gone. And Brian was, there's two years between he and his three, two brothers. And um, so he was like seven years old and he was left to babysit his five and three-year-old brothers all day and all night. Oh, wow. He says he remembers looking, he was in Hawaii, he says he remembers looking through those slats, you know, those, those um, metal slats, you know, on doors that were back then, looking through the metal slats and just wondering, when is she coming home? When is she coming home? When is she coming home? So I think that stems, this is the first time I'm thinking about this. I love what you're saying, because I believe that his knee-jerk reaction to, you aren't reliable, I can't count on you, yep. stems directly from back there. That's right. And it's an yeah. old wound. So it makes him go like whoosh, instant. Uh -huh. yes. He no doesn't go to 10, he goes to 50. Yeah. Right. yeah. And he's got no tolerance for it. And I have those two from Italian stuff that I dealt with growing up too. And I know like I can't date somebody that triggers that stuff because yeah. I just go from zero. It's not a match, right? It's right. not a match. Right. And you don't ever make him feel that way, probably. Or it's not a thing. No, no, I rarely do I make him feel that way. Yeah. And that's why our marriage is so long. But, you know, it's everybody. And it's funny because through our whole family, you know, with my two kids, our two kids and stuff, you know, my, I'll go, hi, honey, what's going on? She'll call, you know, hi, honey, she's 32 now. And, you know, what's going on? And she goes, accountability, mom, accountability. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? And I know that she needs to breathe now. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Isn't it amazing how our family does? just go. <sighs> Breathe, honey. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. She's blessed to have you saying that. Yeah. And that's what I would call like his life rule. So yeah. that, that's a rule that was created when he was little where he's like, no tolerance for this stuff. I'm not navigating this stuff, but it is one of his life journeys. It's part of one of his life lessons. And so, you know, he's continuing to experience it because he's, he's continuing to heal it, which is a beautiful thing because that's what life is about. Right. Well, but that's if he is, yeah, I think he's more in a position where, you know, you're, you're one of your problems is I'm frustrated at work, et cetera. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
yeah. it's time for him to, you know, consider making a transition, you know. I think you get to that point where that's never going to change. Perhaps, right? And then, but there's some, yeah, totally. I hear that too. There's other things you can do sometimes energetically, setting intentions to try, but this is the lens he's looking at life through, right? So that's his experience of life. And so it's, yeah, you got to kind of remove those certain things. Right. right. So I have a question. So if someone's listening, you know, and they're trying, they're thinking about, you know, a change from success to significance specifically, right? You know, I've got this job, it's high powered, it's not high powered, whatever the case may be. And they're looking to make a change to make an impact in the world or that they want to follow their passion and start a new entrepreneurial life. What are the things, I mean, obviously knowing that this is your life rule, right? Knowing what your life rule is, or maybe you have a couple of them, right? (laughs) Knowing what they are, what are things that they could be doing to avoid walking into that same, having that same life rule uh, penetrate their new world? Do you know what I'm saying there? Yeah, that's a great question. You're so good at what you do. (laughs) (laughs) So I would say, yes. Okay. Perfect question. So what I would recommend with this is you want to write down, this is a lot of journal work. It's a lot of actual, because when you journal and you reflect, and I know some people are into this, some people are not, and you could do it as a recording or typing, whatever works for you. Don't get like in your head about it. But the important thing is to sit down and write down for like 15 minutes without stopping. So take, do not let your pen remove or your hand remove from the keyboard. And just let your unconscious go with why you don't like these situations anymore, why you want to release them, why you want them out of your life, and what you've learned from them. So you Mm -hmm. find the gratitude and the lesson. Because when you find the gratitude and the lesson, it's all energy and it all comes back. How do I come to this from a place of love instead of fear? Everything comes back to that question. You can come back to that and say, this is true for the people that frustrate you in your life that you don't want to keep recreating too. When you can find the lesson and the gratitude in them, it disappears. It just goes away. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it really does because you're yeah. changing the energy around it. Yeah. Oh, that, I love that. Yeah. That, I would love to do that. And, and, you know, and I mean, I need to do that every once in a while too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we've been confined. I haven't been confined in a long time. I mean, a long, <laughs> I shouldn't say confined in a long time, but, you know, I travel two to three weeks out of every month. Oh, wow. And I've been doing that for almost six, seven years. So this is like confining, right? I mean, I work from home, but I come home for three or four days and I'm back on the road again. So now, you know, my whole world's kind of turned upside down and and I'm doing, I would consider myself to be doing very well because I surround myself with people like you all the time. I'm always talking to people that are uplifting and help me break through glass ceilings all the time. But there are moments, you know, there are moments, you know, I had one a couple of weeks ago where I was just, I, I'm like, am I going to cry? I feel like I'm going to cry, but I'm not going to cry. I'm just, I don't know how I feel. <laughs> I'm wondering why I feel this way because there's nothing that I'm doing that's really any different other than I, you know, the loss of control. And I think that's really what a lot of people are, you know, really contending with. Yeah. But I love that. It's very beautiful. And I, you know, if you're, you know, if you're listening here and you aren't a scriber and I get that dictate it, you know, dictate it it in the Otter app. (laughs) Okay. Dictate it in the Otter app. It also transcribes for you. So you can go back and look at it Mm -hmm. because I think reading your words, you know, says a lot, Mm -hmm. you know, if you don't want to ascribe and type and stuff, but I, I love that suggestion, Natalie. Thank you so much for, for offering that. You know, I think to get to authenticity, you need to have appreciation. 
And yeah, I love that phrase. That's, I think, the most important thing for people to get to that authentic place so they can take action to make that move from success going into significance and break through whatever glass ceiling that they have. So what, do you, what would you like to leave us with today? I know, you, I know you have a gift. I'm not talking about that. And I, everyone can go to, just go to nataliesuzy.com, right? Yeah. Yep. Natalie Suzy. S-U-S-I for those that aren't seeing, you know, or hearing this. We'll have the, the show notes and things, but what would you like to leave us with today? I think that I would love to leave you guys with asking yourself that question of how do I come to this situation in any given situation with everyone from a place of love or appreciation, whatever word, gratitude, peace, calm from this place to this place, whatever word resonates with you. And the reason I I just keep bringing that up is because it really is the guiding question. And if you can keep moving from that one bucket into the love bucket, into the appreciation bucket, into the peace bucket, coming from a place of good intentions, I want to do good here. And knowing that doing that is going to make your life better, right? Like actually really getting that what you want is on the other side of that what you personally want and individually want, your life is going to start shifting. The lens that you look at life through and the experiences that you get to witness and see and experience are going to shift. It's just the way it works. If you can trust anything I'm saying on this call, even for just a moment, try it for the next hour. Coming from a different place than you were in this moment when you're hearing me say this, you will start to see magic and miracles happen. And I promise you that that is the case. Yeah, I love that. It's all about cleaning your lens. Yeah. <laughs> right. Love that too. All amazing. about a cleaning your lens. Do you have a quote or a mantra that guides you? Oh gosh. Yeah. Well, so there's two. The first one is we all teach best what we most need to learn. So like yes. put yourself a break, step into the thing that you're passionate about and that you love to talk about, and just know that you had to learn the lessons the hard way because you had to teach it that way. That the best teachers and healers and coaches and therapists, all that stuff, they were brought to that for a reason. The other one is is that happiness and this is just the thing i say to myself all the time it's not some it's not a famous quote or anything it's just happiness comes um from the quality of your relationships and the quality of your relationships comes from the quality of your communication so everything starts with communication i think is is the line i would probably say i say the most like everything starts with communication every happy moment and every unhappy moment yeah oh i yeah totally agree totally agree It's been absolutely wonderful having you, Natalie. Thank you so much. For everybody who's listening, what are you giving us anyway? What is it that we're going to go look at and get? If you come to the website, you can get a free coaching call. And I also have that six-step process for people as well. Yeah. Awesome. Great, great, great. Awesome. Well, I would recommend before you go get all that, to do some journaling, to get your head in the right space, to then have the call. Because I think, you know, there'd be more power in the call. Absolutely. Yes. I think, yeah, if you kind of get your, my husband always calls me Barbie because I'm saying I'm trying to get my, you know, check up from my neck up and get my head on straight and he calls me Barbie. Remember how we used to shove our Barbie head on and it would pop off and sometimes I feel like that. (laughs) I get it. I do too. I totally get it. (laughs) Well, you are definitely a breath of fresh air to say breathing, right? For our breathing. And I just want to say thank you so much. I wish you the best as you're going through your eight weeks. You've been in this little corner, you poor thing. And, you know, as you're going through this, that on the other side of this, I have all the confidence in the world that people are going to need you. You know, if you're listening and you're 
in the corporate world and you feel that Natalie could offer something to your to the culture and the communication of your company, please reach out to her as well. So we don't want to just kind of think of this as individuals. We want to think of this as a broader yeah, absolutely. I love working with corporate. You can affect so much change when you work from that yes. place. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, again, I just want to say thank you so much. And thank you to everyone listening. I really appreciate you coming here. I, I have much, much gratitude and just encourage you to write a review and give us a rating and a ranking, you know, if you've enjoyed this, this podcast and we'll catch you next time on Success to Significance. You've been listening to Success to Significance with Jen Duplessis, the number one podcast for people wanting to give more value and make an impact. Loved this episode? Be sure to subscribe right now at www.jenduplessis.com S2S for more stories, strategies, and thoughts to help you gain significance and success. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Join us next week for another breakthrough episode. Thank you for listening.